For over 28 years, Aflac has been a champion, donating over $168 million to fight pediatric cancer and blood disorders, including sickle cell disease. This December, Aflac proudly joins 97.1 Wash FM and Children's National Hospital for the annual Wash for Kids Radiothon. Mark your calendars for December 14th and 15th for a heartwarming 14-hour live broadcast where you can join Aflac in their efforts to support the miracle work happening at Children's National. Save the date, tune in, and be a part of something extraordinary with Aflac. I'm Christopher Sabat, the voice of Vegeta, Piccolo, Yamcha, and a few others on Dragon Ball Z. And the Geek Show is over 9,000! Hello, 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 and welcome to the Geek Show. Hello. Hey, how are you doing, everyone out there in Radio Land? <laughs> yes, uh, we are going to be joined by uh, Robin a bit, hopefully. Uh, Harry, unfortunately, isn't able to join us today because he is moving wow. house. We wish him well with that. I uh, hope every, all the packing is going well, Harry, and hope you're not buried underneath like boxes of <laughs> stuff. And hopefully we will have him back on the show. Uh, soon, very soon, yes. Whether it's Skype or in person, yeah. Um, anyway, today we're talking all about uh, exploration. Today's show is called "From the New World." Brilliant, yes. Uh, and it's nothing to do with the third Shadow Hearts game, by the way. I guess <laughs> that's what people were wondering because it was uh, not that good. No, nope. first two games brilliant, you know, but the third one not so good. Yes. Anyway, we do have some news, yeah. and we do actually have that 99th Garrison interview that I did actually remember to bring <laughs> with me. Uh, this, was a, this was a really good interview, actually. It's a brilliant interview, and they're lovely guys. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I was listening back to it uh, earlier in the week, and they're lovely, lovely fellas. And they've even invited us, they've even invited us to uh, Cypher. All right, when, when yeah. that? Sci-Fair, which is uh, it's coming up soon, 
Uh, I'm just going to bring up the details. It's part of their market. It's part of this market fair UK. All right. Um, they're going to have a collector's fair, stormtroopers, an alien or two, and a bunch of other stuff at Sci-Fair, which is the 30th of March, uh, in, and it's at South 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 Shields <laughs> South Shields Museum. So oh, right. yes, if you are into sci-fi and you fancy getting yourself there, it looks to be a it looks to be a pretty a pretty good day a pretty good day out. Yeah. Um, you can uh, you know the, if you're a dealer, tables are twelve pounds. Um, so yes, it's going to run from twelve p.m. to three thirty p.m. Uh, dealers will be allowed in from eleven a.m. So yeah, I mean uh, they've got various things there. They've got uh, a few uh, a few. You know, quite a few events, and uh, they've got some classes there as well, teaching oh. how to do various things. So, yes, that actually looks pretty good. And then yeah. there's Market Fair as well, which is another interesting one. It's Sorry, Maker Fair. Sorry, Maker Fair UK. Uh, there's going to be a bunch of Dal- uh, Daleks there. It's uh, promising to be a very big geek zone. They've even got something called Raspberry Jamboree. Uh, <laughs> that's April the 27th and 28th at the Centre for Life in Newcastle. Oh, so the ninth ninth are at this as well. Yes, they're going to be at both. Uh, so yeah, the ninth are all always looking for a crew as well to help all the guys dressed up, oh, find yeah. the way around. So if any of you guys are interested, if, if any of you have ever had the ambition of dressing someone up as a stormtrooper, now's your chance. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Um, just that, not long after we interviewed the guys, I, you I, know, I joined. The thing and is, they're helping me get a biker scout trooper. Uh, the thing is, there's going to be a bunch of guys out there who want to help the ladies get dressed up as like the, uh, <laughs> you know, the Twi- princess, Leia. princess Leia. You know, they'll be wondering are there going to be gold bikinis? Maybe there has been a few. There, in the past, there's a few. You heard it here first, folks. There have been a few gold bikinis yeah, in the past. <laughs> there, there is a few that are actually passed by the uh, yeah. 99th. Yes. Um, uh, on the website, we do have latest review from Mr. Rob Simpson, Oz the Great and Powerful. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. I still uh, I still can't get over the Steve Wozniak thing. I'll leave it for now. <laughs> um, but, yes. Anyway, we do have some news. And yeah. right now, our lead story... Harry's not here, so we don't have a news jingle because I'm no good at making news jingles. Okay. As dun, we know. Dun, dun, news. That was worse it, than mine. It, it, it's getting there. It's getting there. It's getting there. But it was still worse than mine. Okay. Well. Uh, NASA have stated that ancient life could have survived on Mars. They, ha- you know, after analyzing rock samples collected by the Curiosity rover, NASA has made an exciting discovery. Conditions on a newly newly discovered grey instead of red part of Mars show it had conditions that were once favourable for life. Oh, wow. Um, but they haven't actually found life. They haven't actually found evidence of life. They've found that conditions were favourable for yeah. life. This is, the, this is the difference, and this is why I'm kind of... It is our lead story, and it is a big breakthrough. Yeah. But... It's still a bit hopeful. It, it is still... There is still that element of hope to this... Um, the excitement stems from the new samples that have been found to contain sulfur, nitrogen, hydrogen, and o- hydrogen, oxygen, phosphorus, and carbon. Curiosity pulled out a new uh, pulled out of a new site uh, a few hundred meters away from where it drilled in the autumn of last year, and the elements found within are some of the key building blocks of life. Wow! Right, but again, we come to that hopeful part because yeah. it's uh, you know there, there's life, Jim, but not as we know it. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, what happened to all of that? Um, there has been this theory in the past that because we're carbon-based life forms, mm-hmm. right? Carbon is stable. We're, we're, carbon is stable at four atoms, right? Um, but another one, another element is also stable at four atoms. This is like the diamond formation kind yeah. of thing, and that's silicon. So theoretically, there could actually be silicon-based life forms out there. Brilliant, you know. And when you think about it, silicon is very, very common on yeah. planet Earth. Yeah, you're talking about you're talking about sand. That's all you're talking about. You know, sand is all you're talking about. That's silicon. It's silicon, yeah, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Um, glass, sand, everything. So it's almost as common as carbon. Maybe not as common as carbon on, say, planet Earth, but on other planets, it yeah. is more common yeah. than carbon. So theoretically, silicon life forms could exist. That'll explain my ear infection. <laughs> so no, you're may, saying may, maybe. So, hang on, so you're <laughs> saying that an alien came and caused you to have an ear infection. There the, the, the may be uh, <laughs> <laughs> there may, may be some logic in that. Ah, uh, you heard it here first, folks. Israel thinks he's Mulder. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've just lost it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you have. I've, I've had two hours sleep and two cups of coffee. <laughs> yeah. I think you lost it a while back then. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, yes, anyway, uh, moving on. Crossrail engineers, right? Uh, Cross, Crossrail are building a tunnel um, across London for a new a part of the underground system. And archaeologists working in and around the tunneling efforts um, have found in a new hall, they found what could be the tip of the iceberg, uh, a grave that may contain up to 50,000 victims of the Black Death. Wow. Yeah, I know. Uh, diggers have unearthed what they believe might be a graveyard beneath Farringdon, a part of London that are believed to have been used as a mass burial site some 650 years ago. Um, Crazy. Yeah, I know. Uh, Jay Carver, Crossroads' lead archaeologist, has said, at this early stage, the depth of the burials, the pottery found with, it, with the skeletons, and the way the skeletons have been set out, all point towards this being part of the 14th century emergency burial ground. Wow. Now, I this kind of... Right, do you remember the movie Poltergeist? Yeah. <laughs> right. Indian burial ground. They built a house on the Indian burial ground, but they didn't remove, they didn't remove the bodies, just the headstones. And what happened? The house got sucked into whatever state of limbo, void, whatever it is, at the end of the movie. I don't want to be on a t- on a train going through those tunnels after this is finished, unless until they've removed all of the bodies. Well, the, the, I've seen Poltergeist. I know the truth. Yeah, uh, S SM School now that's built on top of what used to be a cemetery. That used to be a, the, the SM did, Park did, area. Did they remove the remove the bodies? No, they removed the headstones, and that was it. That explains a lot then. Because <laughs> at one, like, there's, a, there's a playground on there now. It explains a lot. Yeah. It explains why half the children are zombies in front of the TV. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> well, it's, it's an explanation. It's only, a, it's only an explanation. Yeah. It's only one of many explanations. Could be lots of reasons. Yeah. Not saying it's, not saying it's true, just saying it's an explanation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, um, it is... Thing, the weird thing is, it's coming on the back of that discovery of Richard the Third beneath the car park. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. well, under under what other uh, public transport routes are we going to find like mysterious things? I bet you, like the the Holy Grail 
is probably buried under the M25. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is this is the weirdness of it all, you know. It'll be like, uh, yeah, King Arthur, he's buried under Piccadilly Circus. Oh, damn. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> it, it wouldn't be very surprising where things are going at the minute. Yeah. It wouldn't be surprising at all. Which means, because they never found the body of Alexander the Great. Yeah. Right, he's probably buried under Cairo Airport. <laughs> yeah, that that would explain a lot. It would explain a lot. <laughs> oh dear. We built the city on sausage rolls and Alexander the Great. Yes. Brilliant. Moving on. Um, just what we need right now in the world is more robot news. And this one, the robot revolution, beware of the claw. Yes. Right. Now, Israel, you might have to... Le- uh, I'm going to tilt this screen just so you can see exactly what I'm talking about. The, you remember the quadrotors? Yeah, yeah. Right? The quadrotors are nifty little things that fly around and hover, and you can attach all sorts of things from spy cameras to submachine guns. Right? Now, you remember the whole YouTube thing about the eagle snatching the baby? Yeah. Right? Yeah. That was proven to be fake. But... If it was one of these quadrotors snatching a baby, I might actually believe it because that's what it can do. What? Exactly. They attached a giant claw to the bottom of a quadrotor and they've got a gif of it uh, looping. Yeah. And it's just fly by grab. It literally is just fly by grab. It is stupidly accurate as well. Now, that terrifies me. Yeah. <laughs> That scares the bejesus out of me because I just have mental images of giant thi- giant versions of this just plucking people off the ground. Yeah, New English defense, giant pidgeotos. <laughs> <laughs> the pigeons, they're evolving. <laughs> yeah, they need to do something. The amount of dead ones I've seen around here. Um, anyway, moving on, I mean, that that does scare me. Yeah, that, that is. Uh, especially when you find out, that, I mean, remember we talked about Big Dog? Yeah. And the fact that it could throw breeze blocks at you. <laughs> now, it, now, now, now you've got this. So that even can catch if, the breeze blocks. Yeah, and uh, you know, it can catch them and drop them on you instead. <laughs> <laughs> you've got no escape. To be fair, this would be ideal for those uh, the, the, the cat-sized rats. <laughs> it, it, it would be ideal. That's an interesting idea. But are you sure that with the current global situation, we really want to give Iran this technology? With the current global situation, we don't want to give Iran anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my thoughts exactly. Yeah. Moving on, more robot revolution news, and this one is brilliant. This one is absolutely phenomenal. Right, gymnastics. It's a weird thing. It, is. it takes a lot of strength and a lot of skill. I will, uh, and anyone who does it for does it and does it well, you know, yeah. hats off to them. It's not something that I could do, <laughs> but that yeah. doesn't change the fact that it is weird. It's wibbly. I mean, especially rhythmic gymnastics. I don't understand that. What the hell is that all about? But I'm not talking about that. We're talking about horizontal bars. You yeah. know, the parallel bars, the horizontal bars. Yeah. Right. Now, imagine a robot that can do that. Sounds pretty straightforward. You basically clip it on, and it just spins round and round and round and round and round. Yeah? Yeah. And then eventually it stops. We've all seen this. Robot spinning on the, horizon- on the horizontal bars going round and round and round. And then eventually you have to unclip it and put it down. Yeah? Well, uh, somebody has developed a robot that doesn't need to be unclipped. It actually does a proper dismount from the horizontal bars. I mean, a proper, proper dismount. Brilliant. 
it's it's nuts. It's absolutely insane. The thing's spinning around this horizontal bar like crazy, and then it lets go, does like a couple of uh, a couple of somersaults and yeah. twists, and then lands on its feet. Oh dear! It's stupid. It's crazy agile. Uh, it's crazily agile, but it's also really impressive. Yeah, the way ro- robots are going now, it's it's quite something. It is really kind of just kind of wow. I mean, yeah, I'll show you. This is it, right? Spinning, 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 spinning. Getting faster, getting faster. Yep. We will, uh, po- we will have all of these news items on the website, so you can actually see them. Brilliant. Yeah, we will have them all on the website so you can see them. Uh, unfortunately, the shout box isn't working yet. We have been trying to fix it for the last right. few weeks. Um, so apologies to anyone who's been trying to use the shout box. You can still t- contact us by emailing us on studio at thegeekshow.co.uk or tweet us uh, using hashtag thegeekshow. Yeah. Um, but yes, uh, that's phenomenal. Really agile robots, but it also is kind of scary as well. Because if they're becoming that agile, you know, now imagine Big Dog. Yeah, Big Dog. Yeah. With, yeah. Yes, uh, imagine Big Dog just being as agile as all that. That would be, that would terrify everybody in the world. There would be no place safe. Because they do have robots that can have, you know, just bipedal robots that have a, a phenomenal turn of speed. Right, and they have four-legged robots that have normal turns of speed as well. They got one that can si- that can move sideways through narrow gaps. A bipedal robot that can move sideways through narrow gaps. Nowhere is safe. Whoa. Nowhere is safe. Seriously. So it's either rats or enhanced uh, enhanced rats or robots. Yeah, it's either going to be the rodent revolution or the robot revolution. We know this now. We know the truth. Anyway, moving on. Uh, WTF award number one. We have two of them this week. Uh, idiocy can't be counterfeited. Right. You know how people don't really get tech support? Yeah. Right. Which is why we have tech support in the first place. Right. This guy was apparently having a problem with his printer. So... He took it into, uh, right, his name is Jared S. Carr, and he was arrested last week after an altercation at a Walmart returns desk in the U.S., where he tried to return his printer, presumably because it wasn't working properly, and he didn't have a receipt. Had he left it there, things might have been okay, but he pushed the matter, and on inspection, employees found a sheet of poor imitation $100 bills packed into the uh, printer. So basically, he'd been trying to use his printer to counterfeit $100 bills. Brilliant. <laughs> then, because it wasn't working properly, took it back to the Walmart with the $100 bills in and got arrested. Brilliant. So, yeah. If only every criminal was that stupid. <laughs> it's, like, it's ridiculous. Like I said, idiocy can't be counterfeited. No, definitely not. Right. Now, final uh, final story of the week. This is another WTF award, and this one is beautiful. This one is genius. This is extreme metal theft. This comes all the way from Turkey. In the Golchuk district of the Kokaili uh, province in western Turkey, thieves have stolen a 22-ton, 82-foot-long bridge. Metal thieves stole this. Wow. Yeah, I know. 
I just kind of, why? Why would you steal a bridge? Only in Turkey would you be able to steal a bridge and no one notice. Yeah. Police suspect that the bridge was cut into sections and removed on a truck for scrap metal. Its estimated value is about £8,000. Villagers used the bridge to access their orchards and a resident uh, had told the, you know, told the news, now we have to take off our socks and cross the creek. The weirdest part about this theft, though, is that it's not the first time a bridge has been stolen. Yeah. Um, one was stolen in Pennsylvania, in uh, North Beaver Township. North Beaver? What kind of a name is North Beaver Township? <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> of all the names to call, call a town, North Beaver Township. Hmm. Must be proud to be, be a resident of that area. Uh, I don't know about that. I don't know if they're proud to be a resident of that area or not. Hi, I'm Destiny Blue, the anime artist, and I like drawing and the Geek Show, which you are currently listening to. Hi, and welcome back to 104.5 CVFM. You're with the Geek Show, and we have been joined by Mr. Rob Simpson. Hello, Rob. Hello, hello. You're looking a bit wet. Well, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Really? It's a... It's a bit rainy out there, so yes, naturally, it is. isn't it? Naturally, yes, it is. Um, and we are coming back into our movie section. Yes, we are. Uh, what movie locations would you love to? Ex- you know, would you like to explore? And by location, I mean you know maybe you want to go visit the planet Tatooine, which was actually just like the desert in Amer- some desert in America. Tunisia, I think, is where they shoot the Star Wars movies. Oh yeah, yeah, Tunisia. Sorry, it was Star Trek that was that did a lot of filming in uh, like some American desert part. Um, but yeah, or maybe you want to just go exploring the uh, jungles of South America because you saw some weird kind of jungle exploration movie called Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. Maybe it was some what? wibbly exploration movie. Didn't it? Didn't make sense at all. Had aliens in it. Alien skulls made out of diamonds. Do anything then? Yes, I know. <laughs> so yeah, um, locations. Well, where would you like to explore? Why would you like to explore there? You're being very narrow in your sort of uh, question there. Like only movies that you've picked up there are movies that are about exploration. Well, no, I mean there could be there could Indiana be other Indiana there could be Indiana other jo- movies. Yeah, I know, but you're saying Indiana Jones is an adventure movie. Star Wars is basically an adventure movie. Well, personally, it's more to it than that. I mean, for me. you could, you could, your favorite film could be In Bruce, so you want to go explore Brussels. I don't know why if you've seen In Bruce. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> that'd be the worst decision. But personally, it's it's going to be the, represent my taste, and my taste is quite weird. Yeah. So I want to go in places that are very weird and fantastical. Like uh, recently, I just watched a film which isn't out in this country for a little while called John Dies in the End. Yeah. John Dies at the End. John so, Dies at the End. It's bad grammar in that title. I don't know where I'm going. but uh, Sounds very positive. Oh, it's it's fantastic, but you won't know what the... Well, you won't know what happened. Yeah. It's just incomprehensible, the film. But uh, it's films like that, films that have a bit of adventure films that change the rules completely. I mean, you don't want to watch a movie where, I, I don't know, let's go on a safari... I was middle class and in my gap year. I'd go to safaris all the time. Yeah. But I'm not. So, you know, I want something with a bit of imagination and uh, outlandish and crazy. You know, sci-fi is a perfect example. Yeah. yeah. Maybe not the things that are happening in those worlds, because 
dystopias, utopias. Usually people die in those, so I don't want that to happen. You know, something a bit... What about Pandora? Uh, what's it, Pandora? The world of Avatar. Ah, I, just go, <laughs> I just go down the bottom of the garden, even though I haven't got a garden, and hunt for snakes. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. I knew you reminded me of somebody Gargamel. <laughs> <laughs> it's a family trade. <laughs> no, I have to. Agree, I have to agree. I I prefer like I prefer locations that I've not actually heard of. Yeah. You know, um, places that I. You know, if I'm if I'm watching a movie and it's set somewhere that I you know that I've never actually heard of, then I'd love to visit there. You know, to see what it's really like. Because um, movies they gener- they're generally set in like capital cities, yeah, you know, or major cities in a particular country. Mm-hmm. I'm not even talking about sci-fi movies or anything like that. I'm just talking about normal movies. Yeah, uh, just using that example of Inbrews that I mentioned. Um, how many movies? How many movie romantic movies have had like Paris or New York or London as, a, lo- as, a, as a location? But Paris, not so much. There's been a few for Paris. Not as many as New York. Nowhere near as many as New York. Because yeah. if you never knew this, listeners, everything in the world happens in New York. If there's aliens out there and you're planning on invading the world, yeah. New York. Exactly. Yeah, why not? If you're the mall people, you know, there's a nice city in America, New York. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's the town that's great for all purposes. Yeah. Which is why, which is why Battle Los Angeles was a bit weird. <laughs> well, it wasn't weird for that, but it's, yeah, yeah. Just kind of, hmm. Okay, so it's not New York this time. Yeah, what would the English equivalent of that be? Because it is a part town, like uh, a coastal town. Is it going to be Battle Bristol, Battle Brighton, no, Battle no, Plymouth? No. It'll be Battle Liverpool. <laughs> oh, Manchester. <laughs> how, how grim no, is that? It would be Battle Liverpool, also known as the 51st State. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a very different film, and I think the filmmakers will get into a lot of trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Boris, what? Yeah, Boris Johnson's anything to go by. A lot of trouble. <laughs> 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 oh, you broke, Rob. No, 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 no. I was just thinking Aliens versus Mutants. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Those films never live up to the promise. Like, Cowboys versus Aliens, that should be the best oh, film God. that's ever made, but too many cooks spoil that broth. Yeah. They really did. No, yeah. Uh, Cowboys versus Aliens was an awful film. Daniel Craig should hang his head in shame. Oh, he's in Tomb Raider. I just say that it was on. I caught a bit of it on BBC, BBC certain channel last night. Other broadcasters are available, and it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's terrible. It's that, uh, it's Angelina Jolie. Yeah, yeah, it is. we know it's going to be terrible. Um, Back to the question, though. Yeah, locations that you'd like to explore, and you know, they could be fantastical, they could be fictional, they could be real world. You know. Oh, okay, let's let's broad, let's categorize it a bit more. What real world location would you like to explore? Well, that's it doesn't like, have to be from a movie. You're, you're getting really boring there. It's like saying, where would you like to go on a holiday? No, I mean explore, not go on holiday. Yes, it's There's thing. a difference between traveling and exploring. Well, no. <laughs> traveling, you basically <laughs> take the map with you. Exploring, you don't take the map with you. Uh, I'm also a person that I can't, I've got no sense of direction, so you find us. A- any, tra- any journey ends up as an exploration. Yeah. With you. <laughs> yeah, if I go to a city I'm not used to, I will find weird stuff that most people never knew existed. Yeah. Got a wibbly radar. So your idea of exploration is finding the nearest toilet. 
Well, you make it sound like something. <laughs> I think you're kind of implying something there. And I'm not, not, not no, no. for that implication. Uh, it's just the epic journey there. <laughs> One man's epic journey <laughs> to spend a penny <laughs> <laughs> to McDonald's and back. <laughs> find your nearest. Find your nearest Morrison's. No, there's a shop. I found a Morrison's in the Caribbean. You, yes. You found a what? I found a Morrison's in the Caribbean. In the Caribbean? Yeah, I think it was said Well, if, if you watch Time Trumpet, uh, Den- uh, Tesco invaded Den- Denmark, so... <laughs> <laughs> Why hasn't Mor- Morrison's maybe never set the bar so high and they went for, you know, the Caribbean? Hmm. Uh, I think Why it's not? just because they're a bit more relaxed about things than Tesco's. <laughs> yeah, like, like what, what meat goes into the, the product? Uh, meat? <laughs> yep. Like, what meat goes in it? It's meat for living meat. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't yeah. know that. It's not like America where you have, like, chicken fried steak or whatever. The, well, how, how do you get chicken fried steak? What the hell is chicken fried steak, America? It's well, it's the ch- chicken. they're giving the jobs to chickens, so the chicken does the sign. But, I mean, they've got chicken fried steak, then they've got chicken fried other meats, but then they've got chicken fried chicken. You see, Foghorn Leghorn, he's, he's in demand these days. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Oh dear. But yeah, what the hell? Chicken fried chicken. <laughs> Why not? What are we talking about again? Exploration. <laughs> the thing is, have you noticed that, have you noticed how when you uh, have you noticed how in all of these movies where they've got like uh, the whole exploration bit going, you yeah. know, or they're set in like different lo- different locations in the world. Nobody in the movie ever eats one of the local delicacies. Oh. Well, which is all part and parcel of exploration. Yeah, you know, it's like it's it is the whole sheep's eyeball thing. Yeah, don't get me started. Yeah, I know. Be- <laughs> Be- Beijing night nighttime market. <laughs> Beijing nighttime market. There's everything from baby sharks on skewers to to starfish to cockroaches to scorpions. All sorts. Yeah, you got to ask. How did you know it was a baby shark? Did it just love its nappy on her? <laughs> because it was a shark, not much bigger than a thirty centimeter ruler. Ah, oh, okay. So that that is quite a, a small shark. Tiny shark. Yeah. Okay, but uh, where would people actually like to go? Though that's the question. <sighs> it's a it's a difficult one. I mean, for me, it's more of like where haven't I been? <laughs> Space, the final frontier. Yeah, that, that, that's where I haven't been. <laughs> These are the voyages of Israel on his fantastic journey to become an astronaut. Actually, Israel, Israel, you'd be out of luck if you were on the Mars mission because they've just found out that uh, having sex in space is actually really bad for your health. <laughs> <laughs> Rob Strike, not to say something. No. To that. So, so that's exactly why they want to send the old pensioners out anyway. No, uh, yeah, but it also kind of debunks the entirety of Captain Kirk's life. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, though, he is in like the 23rd century, so. Yeah, this is true. This You're is talking true. holes in sci fi. There's something wrong with you, Rob. <laughs> in the wrong show. Get out of here. Go on. Oh, dear. Um, exploration wise. I think, I think I'd like to explore Earth from like you know in the Star Trek universe. The whole right, you're gonna have to explain that. Basically, they're supposed to. They're supposed to. Earth at that point is supposed to have like no prejudice and no war and everything, yep. like, and no poverty and everything like that. And I'd really like to just have a walk around 
that, you know, have, being born and raised in Middlesbrough, it'd be so nice to actually walk around somewhere where there's absolutely no conflict and nobody, nobody walking up to me going, can you spare 20p? You know, <laughs> that would be nice. So yeah. what you're saying is, when the world ends, you'd like to have a walk around then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just in the peace and quiet. Enjoy the silence. You're a terrible human being. Only to certain types of people. <laughs> Brilliant. I think what about you guys then? I'd love to explore Naboo. That is a brilliant like Naboo. Place. Yeah, as in like the underwater part of Naboo. You want to go? You want to go hang out with Jar Jar? Yeah, why not? For the opportunity to punch him in the face. <laughs> yeah, and call him a racist because he is a racist. No, yeah. no, he isn't racist. The people who designed him are racist. Yeah, by you know relation, you know. Yeah, by extension, it's like second cousin removed. He's still there. Yeah, but still, like Naboo is pretty, pretty cool. Okay. Okay. Why not? With all their giant fish that eat more giant... That, uh, you know, giant fish getting eaten by even bigger fish. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. Hmm. What about you, Rob? Uh, well, that wasn't me. That was something else. <laughs> but, uh, it wasn't a classic movie. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that was Rob's impression of a banshee. Well, although yeah. uh, <laughs> the movie wasn't a classic by any stretch, it was flawed, it was too high budget, and not the greatest film in the world. But uh, John Carter, it's set on Mars, and uh, basically like to visit there, because by the rules of that world, gravity is thinner, so John Carter can jump further. And Actually, by the it. reckoning of that, if you boil it down and it was sort of basest elements, it's basically Dragon Ball world, but Dragon Ball probably stole it. So if I can go there... I can be like, you know, I can be Goku, knocking heads and taking names. I don't have a fire beam, a beam though. The beam doesn't come out, so... No, you have a banshee. It's better when a beam comes out, and I haven't got that. But you can do the floaty around stuff. I saw the the best uh, meme about Dragon Ball. Uh, It's got a picture of uh, Goku and uh, Natsu from Fairy Tale. And Natsu's holding the Dragon Ball, holding holding one of those dragon one of the Dragon Balls from Dragon Ball. He's saying, "I've seen Dragon Balls before, but the ones I've seen were bigger and hairier." <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to laugh at that because to laugh at that is to justify fairy tales' existence. No, I, it doesn't justify fairy tales' existence. And I'm not going to acknowledge fairy tales' existence. It, it's another thing that needs punching in the face. I've got to admit, fairy tale isn't the best, Sean. The basic idea of it is, I have friends, so I'm the strongest person in the world. So by that reckoning, if you fast fo- like rewind about ten years, people who collected friends on MySpace are the strongest people who ever existed. That's my reckoning. That's my theory. No, no, oh. someone with like ten thousand Facebook friends is has you know is more powerful than the Hulk. Yeah. Although they probably never got past the front garden. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I don't buy that. <laughs> That's what I don't buy about fairy tale, and yeah. it's just so so stupid. I don't want to offend any fairy tale fans. Well, yeah, you just I do. Did. <laughs> yeah, you do. I totally do. But yeah, you know what I mean. It's it's not a good series. It's it's kind of rubbish. Good day. I'm Graham Stark, and I'm Kathleen Devere. We're from Internet Comedy Powerhouse, Loading Ready Run. And if you are listening to the radio expecting to hear about butts, you are listening to the wrong show. This is The Geek Show, which is much cooler, but has far fewer behinds. You're looking for The Butt Show. It's on the other side. Yeah, and we're coming back into our 
TV section. Games. Game section, that's the one. <laughs> that's the one, Rob. That's we the literally one. said it like, what, 10 seconds it's... ago? <laughs> mm, I played a game once. Wouldn't recommend it. Oh, on the subject there of games. Bugs are on the subject of games, Rob did come over to my house on Thursday and he did play Metal Gear Rising. Mm, I did. I don't know what a game says where you can chop a person into thousands of bits and you've got a beaming smile on your face. I think all those crazy lawyers were right. Games are evil. It's either that or it's, uh, it's cathartic because, the, because it allows you to get rid of all that rage. Yeah. You can imagine it's like your boss or you know somebody that you dislike or someone who's managed to annoy you like crazy. You go, no, have that! Like on WWE, create your own bad guy and slice him up. You can do that on WWE? No, I'm saying with the... Wrestling's got more brutal, hasn't it? (laughs) Yeah. yeah, No, it's not. It's got less brutal. (laughs) It's got less brutal. Yeah. Okay, uh, (laughs) we're talking games. Um, We are going to talk a little bit about Tomb Raider in a a minute, but... uh, you know, we have like loads of different adventure games and load, loads of different RPGs and stuff like that. Right. Final Fantasy, for example, uh, historically you could go around and explore the world and go run in circles and get into random encounters with monsters and fight them. Well, then you got Final Fantasy like 12 and 13. Where, well, 12, you could still do that to, up to a point, but 13 kind of got rid of that whole thing and all you had left was this very linear story where you couldn't really break out of it and just go off exploring because you felt like it. So it's not really a role-playing game, more of a role-following yeah. game, you know. Yeah, it's more of a role-following game. Yeah. So, you know, it, uh, that, but that, on the other side, we've got games like Uncharted and the new Tomb Raider game, yeah. where the emphasis is heavily on going out, uh, going out and ec- you know, <clears throat> exploring the area around you. Or, you know, those open-world games, uh, the new Watch Dogs game that's coming out, it's very open-world. You know, you've got to make use of the world around you. Or Grand Theft Auto, mm-hmm. where you have to go out and find out where this thing is or that thing is. No, no, that's not the point of Grand Theft Auto. That's the not point the point. The point of Grand Theft Auto is to go to the largest mountain and jump off it with a motorbike. Yeah, this is, this is true. But Usually die, though. The thing is, <laughs> uh, does, uh, does, an exploration, does exploring in a game always equal an adventure? Not really. Yeah. You know, what actually makes a good... You know, what, I'm, what does a good exploration game actually need? Does it need that adventure? Does it need the action? Or can it just be like a Broken Sword, which is a point-and-click game? Well, one thing it definitely needs you know, what is mechanics less, does it less, need? Cut, less, less cut scenes, like within Final Fantasy, because for me that spoils it. it, it well, when you sat there and you, you're watching a cutscene, which it is actually about the size of a... A short film. 40 minutes. Well, 40 like, minutes, right, playing Final Fantasy Thirteen, I put the controller down for 40 minutes. I didn't have to pick it up during that 40 minutes. Exactly. It just went from one cutscene to another cutscene to another cutscene to another cutscene. And I'm sitting there going, am I actually going to get to play this game? Uh, to relay that to, you know, movies, there's an idea, I think, might be come from Hitchcock, where... The length of a movie should only be equated to the length, the endurance of a human bladder. Yes. So you see, these these games, you can be picky, you can press start and skip over, or you can use it as a toilet break. <laughs> because, let's be fair, the stories of Final Fantasy is, there's a bad guy, let's kill a bad guy. 
Yeah. But no, we haven't got enough people in our team. Let's get stronger and save the world. But then bad guy wasn't really bad guy. He was just the bad guy's henchman. Yes. Let's kill the bad guy. Yes. Oh, no, he's involved in seven different forms. Let's kill the bad guy. Yeah, I never understood <laughs> that, uh, that either. Okay, so you kill the bad guy, but then it, it, it's like the worst horror movie ever. You've killed him. The bad guy is dead, but then he comes back to life in like an evolved form. <laughs> uh, but then you kill him again, and then he comes back to life again in an even more evolved form. And then you kill him again. And then he it's, comes it's, back to yeah. life, and he's like someone, and he's no longer the same bad guy. He's someone completely different. It's ripe for parody. Why doesn't some character just smash him to bits on the floor until there's a puddle of blood? I wish South Park from that. No, I wish South Park had actually parodied it with Kenny well, in you one say episode. That. But they are using the game called uh, South Park Stick of Truth. Yeah. So it looks very good. It looks like an episode. Can't wait to play it like But who knows what's going to happen with that. That's oh, I'd, love to, I'd love to see the whole, you know, oh, no, they killed Kenny. Oh, no, he's back. This time he's bigger and better. You know, and then Kenny for his final evolution, he's like Arnold Schwarzenegger as the Terminator. <laughs> yeah, in, this, in that game he decides to be a girl just because that's the way Kenny rolls right now. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the exact wording from the trailer. Yeah. Maybe mistaken, but yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it keeps the charm of the uh, of the South Park rally in Chef's Love Shack, then because uh, those two were those two were hilarious. Those the only games. South Park game I played was the uh, invasion of the turkeys and and sixty four. Can't remember the name of it, but that was the basic. Yeah, just of it. The turkeys we need to kill them with snowballs. Yes, it's probably rubbish looking back at it. It, it wasn't that good. South Park rally was so much fun though. It was basically Mario Kart, South Park style. What are we talking about again? We're talking about exploration, exploration in games. Does you know what? What does a good, what does a, a good exploration game actually need? You know what? What mechanics would you like to see in it? You know, does it need to have the whole running, jumping, climbing, trees, solving puzzles, or can it just be a straight, straight up point and click adventure? You know, can it be something like Zork or you know Broken Sword or something like that? Mm. Do you have to sit there and you know mash the buttons and you know have dual guns and shoot things and stuff like of course that? Can't you have to have dual guns? Haven't you ever been out in the streets these days? <laughs> and you have to hold your gun sideways because apparently that helps you aim better. If some sucker comes no, it your doesn't, face. folks. <laughs> Believe me, holding your gun sideways is the way to get a broken wrist. <laughs> it does not help you aim, and it definitely doesn't help you curl bullets. No, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, as that wanted, if they did that, they'd yeah. probably shoot themselves in the face. It's, uh, actually, uh, apparently, in Wanted, that's what Angelina Jolie did. She curved the bullet all the way around and shot herself in the head. <laughs> that's just stupid. That's stupid. Be ashamed, Hollywood. But it just reflected off her lips. Boom. <laughs> Defense mechanism. No, this is live-action movie, not like anime, oh. not House of the Dead. <laughs> uh, house, high School of the Dead, sorry. Uh, nothing like that. Anyway, yeah. So what, does, uh, what, what mechanics would you like to see in a good exploration game? For me, an exploration game, my, my favourite would have been like the Uncharted series. Yeah. That, that's ideal for me. But what mechanics from that worked for you? What, uh, what about the game? The fact Ma- that it still had a structure to it and it still followed a storyline, but obviously you still had the element of being able to... To roam around and explore, well, yeah, explore a bit more. So it's that option then. Yeah, you know, you can so, stay with the story, or you can just go off the yeah. beaten track. Yeah. What about you, Rob? Would you say that was important to you, or something else? Oh, I wouldn't uh, say Uncharted let you go off the beaten track unless you want to collect loads of pointless trinkets. 
a few trophy yeah. hound, but each to their own, you know. But personally, it's a little bit. Are you Israel? Fun. Are you a trophy hound? No. <laughs> 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 it's what would make a great sort of adventure game. It's sort of a, a world to discuss. Let's take a uh, Dead Rising for example. Yeah. The thing that ruined those games was the time limit. If they use that world and those mechanics and just put episodic content in there where you could just do what you want, no time limit, free to just mess about, but they sort of tightened up a bit, that would be like a perfect yeah. game. Well, wasn't that supposed to be the idea behind uh, Dead Island? And then they went and ruined it. I don't know what. It was just a trailer. It just kind of bewildered everybody with a trailer. So look how emotional we are. No, no. We I, have feelings too. I, I, I agree with you on that. But uh, the whole idea behind Dead Island, because they nicked a lot of ideas from Dead Rising and from, other, uh, and from Left 4 Dead and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it really didn't use them well. You know, everyone was saying, Dead Island is brilliant, Dead Island is this, but then you actually play the game and it's just kind of clunky controls and, you know, okay, you can put different items together to make new weapons, but it's very limited. Mm. It, you know, Dead Rising did that, actually handled that much, much better. You know, and it, it's a weird thing because uh, I've pl- I played the new Tomb Raider game now, right? Yeah. And there are a lot of things in that game that made me sit up and take notice. A lot of things. It's not like Uncharted, because we actually thought maybe it's Tomb Raider t- going along the Uncharted path. Yeah, I got told right. it was a lot like that. Well, it's not. I mean, uh, I the whole the game leaves me thinking that there is going to be one of these new subgenres appearing uh, that's called survival exploration, mm. because that is basically what Tomb Raider is. You have to survive and you have to explore in order to survive. You can't stay in one place. And ex- is that what you're doing now? You're classifying games by what they do, so the next shoot 'em up's not a shoot 'em up. It's a run shoot. No, no, run no. shoot, look, jump. No, I'm walk. saying that th- uh, this is something um, that other people might do. Yeah. Well, look, you know how it goes. People like to classify things, right? I'm just preempting them by offering this. The uh, industry likes to. Yeah, classify the industry things. likes to classify things. But not just so the there is going to be a there is going to the thing is the industry also works by people jumping on the bandwagon. Yeah, you know, sure. Professor Layton, for example, he, the popularity of that franchise, Konami, have uh, jumped on the bandwagon yeah. with their Doctor Lautrep franchise, uh, which is like their version of Professor Layton. There is going to be something that tries to capitalize on the popularity of Tomb Raider. There will be a game out that is, you know, a Tomb Raider and everything but name. You know, it might have a slightly different design. Might have a guy as the lead character. I mean, they might even take, you know do Uncharted Four, but uh, but with Drake mm. kind of marooned on a desert island. I hope they don't do it. Uncharted you know, Four, that'll be a terrible idea. But that's what I'm saying. They might they might have like Uncharted Four, but you know, it'll be like Drake meets MacGyver, where <laughs> or Drake meets the Etim. So he's going to have to survive with you know no food, no water. He's injured. He's got to make weapons and make fire and stuff like that. <laughs> or it <laughs> might be free. Yeah, or it, <laughs> exactly. Or it might be like a prequel to the whole Uncharted thing. Like this Tomb Raider is a prequel to Tomb Raider, uh, to the 1996 Tomb, Ra- Tomb Raider and all the other games that came after. But the way that the, co- the control system in Tomb Raider is actually very, very good. It's, ve- uh, there's very, it's very intuitive, which makes it very easy to do all the, uh, you know, all the wibbly bits in the game. Yeah. But it's that brutality that kind of gets you. I never saw anything like that in any of the Uncharted games. And that's what, kind of, that's what really got me. Because you know what? I always talk about the, moral, uh, the problem with morality in games. It's always black and white and black and white and black and white. 
Yeah, infamous example. In in Tomb Raider, um, they've basically kind of they've glossed over the whole moral uh, moral choice that you have. Lara becomes the central character. Then you're basically, you know, she becomes conflicted by the choices that you make to a degree. So you know, when you first kill somebody, for example, is a huge thing for Lara Croft because she's never actually killed someone at that point. This is what uh, this is what kind of separated the game and made me think more that it was going for this kind of survival. I mean, it was focusing more, far more on the survival mentality than the exploration thing. Mm. But the exploration was a necessity, you know, to survive. Yeah, it's interesting, like finding out more about uh, Lara Croft as a character and seeing how she was built up rather than just playing yeah. her as this overly powered sort of undefeatable overly powered um, overly stacked undefeatable yeah. you know kind of up down up down left right left right you know yeah. <clears throat> character yeah. yeah i know what you mean but this is the thing um if we look back over the over the old older tomb raider games right what you've got you've got the very first tomb raider game where you had the dual guns and you could do all the somersaults and everything like that and you had a t-rex of all the things i don't know where that appeared from uh, and the velociraptors and the shotguns and everything like that. And it worked up to a point. Yes, it's dated now, but it worked yeah, up to yeah. a point. Right? But then you have the evolution of games, you know, the evolution of control systems and stuff like that, and then everything starts going a bit wibbly. And then before Uncharted, the only, other, uh, the only real exploration adventure game was Tomb Raider. Indiana Jones had pretty much died to death. Hmm. Would you would you not class stuff like Fallout as a as an exploration? Fallout came uh, came came out. Uh, I know it's a like, long time after Tomb. For a oh, long time, Tomb Raider was the only one. All oh, right, yeah, no, like no, I, 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 Fallout One, Fallout Two before Tomb Raider One. Yeah, but for a long time, Tomb Raider was the only one. No, that's right. what I'm saying. All right, wasn't really listening. Here. <laughs> <laughs> all I'm saying is that the whole idea of exploration in games, you know. If it wasn't for games like Tomb Raider and Uncharted and stuff like that, so and it's starting to die out in RPGs. Yeah, we know we've seen it in quite a few RPGs. It is actually starting to die out. Mm. Um, you know, you, you look at your JRPGs; they're starting to downplay the whole idea of being able to go off exploring into the wild blue yonder. Um, they don't do things like they did in Shenmue, where you can just instead of you know instead of following the storyline, you can just go and get a job instead and forget about the storyline. Skyrim, for example. Can you act? How long can you play Skyrim for without actually playing the main quest? Well, you can just murder everybody. So <laughs> quite yeah. long. <laughs> you could just murder everybody, but then you can't finish the game. But how long could you keep everyone in the game alive without actually finishing the main quest? Mm. I don't know. Yeah. How long could you do all those little side quests and everything like that before eventually the only thing that you had left to do was the main quest? I don't know. My PlayStation died when I was doing it, so. Can't answer that question. Yeah. But you understand what I mean? No, yeah. I understand. Like, Fable has a similar aspect to it. But you, you're able, like, um, even when you go off on a tangent killing yeah. everyone, it has more of a, an impact on the game. So you can still complete the game, but the way everyone interacts with you and the way you go about it, you can choose what sort of character you want to play as. And yeah, that, I know. that itself is pretty. But then they made Fable 2. Yeah. And then they made Fable 3. <laughs> yeah, and then, it just and then we just kind of go no 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 more please Peter Molyneux go and make cubes and give people like little chisels virtual chisels and they can buy a diamond one for 50,000 pounds 
Yes, Peter Molyneux. Uh, okay. <clears throat> what then would be your top three expo- games that have an element of exploration in them? doesn't have to be a game like Tomb Raider or Uncharted. could just be a game where it allows you to just go off at the, at the main quest and go out and do like loads of different side quests or just go out and explore the world. Okay. What would be your top three? Oh, you're asking me a question. <laughs> yes, I am. I, I've been asking you questions and you've been half asleep. Mm. Top three, yeah? Yeah. Uh, Akami, because, well, it's Akami, isn't it? It's yes. one of my favourite games. Hugely and vastly underrated and underplayed. Oh, God, yes. Very, very beautiful. Uh, what else? Beyond Good and Evil, which is increasingly my go-to answer in this section, which feels really lazy, yeah. but it is a classic. No, I, I, your first two choices I actually have to agree with. I find mm. I don't find anything wrong with them. Uh, number three, yeah, number three. Uh, not sure. Come back to me, let me okay. have a think. Israel? Cool. Um, I'd go with Prototype. Um, prototype? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. Obviously, it's a lot more modern, but... Like the okay, the aspect behind it, like I like the gore aspect to it as well. Which he's gonna love Metal Gear Rising. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, the original Fallout and uh, hang on. The original Fallout or Fallout Three? I have to ask this question right. because I've got the original Fallout and I've got uh, Fallout Two and I've got Fallout Tactics and Fallout uh, Fallout Brotherhood of Steel and Fallout Three and Fallout right. New Vegas. All right, so it'll probably be Fallout Three. Yes, because the original Fallout is an isometric. Uh, it's an isometric uh, squad shooter. Okay, cool. And then I'd go with <laughs> Spider-Man Three. Spider-Man Three. Yeah. It it it's basically. Um, Spider-Man 3, Rob? It's Have you played it? It's basically I've Grand Theft Auto. I thought number two was the good one. Is it? No, I'm pretty sure there's a three. There is a three. It's where yeah, he's got, yeah. like, the Venom costume. Yeah, yeah. No, but there. No. <coughs> no you or is Rob actually right? No, no, no you confused me. Yeah, it's, 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 it's Spider-Man 2, yeah. <laughs> Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man 2. It's basically Rob Grand, was Th- right. Grand Theft Auto in, in a yeah, spandex. Yeah. In Grand Theft Auto in spandex. Yeah, that, that, that's exactly what it is. Pretty sure you can have spandex in one of them. I'm pretty sure you could. But number four. That was, no, number three. No, no, San Andreas. Yeah, that's the one. That was crazy. Um, if we're talking about just sheer shenanigans and fun, I'm going to have to say Saints Row. <laughs> Saints Row the Third, just for the weirdness and the anarchy of it all. It's just kind of what you did. You want you did a what with a what and a what in a what with a what. <laughs> <laughs> it is literally you know. Say anyone who's playing, say anyone who has not played Saints Row the Third, give it a go. Especially if you like your humour a bit Monty Python. <laughs> oh, don't you dare! Don't you dare compare Saints Row to Monty Python. I, I said, will fight you. I said Here a you bit. Go. Here we a go. bit Monty Python. Oh, no, no. If you like genital humour, you like Saints Row. If you like surrealism... Well, hang on. So, uh, have you played Saints Row the Third? Yes. Did you finish it? No, oh, I didn't mean that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the target audience for it. It gets better. The humour actually does get better. I haven't played it, but I will disagree. <laughs> In the words of Harry Hill, 
fight. <laughs> um, what else? Uh, Bioshock. Yeah. Yeah. But Bioshock, and uh, I'd have to. Say, I mean, just going by more modern games, yeah. Bioshock, uh, Saints Row the Third, just for the weirdness of it all, and Mass Effect. Fair, oh, fair enough. Um, that's just on consoles. Yeah, if I'm yeah. talking about, uh, if I'm talking about going off in the wild blue yonder, then Eve is king of them all. Yeah, because Eve is where I go when I want to go off into the wild blue yonder. I will just head into sectors that I've never been to, and I'll outrun pirates. This will be me, not yeah. me playing as a character. This will be me in a ship outrunning pirates, outrunning people that want to kill me and blow me up, outrunning people I've killed who come back for revenge. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, sounds about right. Yes. Um, standard life in Southbank. Standard life in Southbank, yeah. Um, <laughs> which is why I play Eve. Yeah. <laughs> Keeps me in practice. <laughs> Building up those alert sensors. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yes, uh, we are going to break. Uh, take a break for whoa, a song. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. Still got one left. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you do, so you do, so you do. Oh, dear. Ah, shame on you, Rob, but... Uh, it's been hinted at before, but I'm going a little bit back further in its past. Uh, the first Grand Theft Auto, which is to say Grand Theft Auto 1, before it became the sort of open worldy game now, when it was uh, top-down. That's when the first sort of um, exploration, sort of open world ideal Grand Theft Auto, yes. It was just basic. It was a what a game that it was. It was horrible, violent. You could just run over pedestrians and not much would happen. Yeah, but it was the it was the anarchy of it back then. It wasn't such a slick uh, machine of a game then. It was just this really violent uh, video game that was in awe of sort of seventies and eighties crime films and such fun. None of the sort of pretensions of big, vast stories it has now. So, yeah, Grand Theft Auto 1, maybe 2. I kind of find it hard to differentiate the two, but that one. I actually have to agree with that, because Grand Theft Auto, the original Grand Theft Auto game, the top-down one, they just, there were so many little touches, like, uh, you know, when you ran over somebody and you went to skid, and you got, like, the little blood trail skid marks, and then yeah, yeah. you had, like, the radio stations that you could choose in the game which they've actually kept through for you know from Grand Theft Auto uh-huh. 3 onwards they actually had them in the first in the first two and in uh, GTA London oh um, yeah GTA, GTA London, London was brilliant that. that's gone way back GTA London was brilliant cuz you actually got the uh, you know the minis from the Italian job this is one of these games where you still got demos in front of uh, oh god yes magazines and it was one of these yeah. demos where you didn't actually have to buy the game it's just that such of a instant mess about of a game you could just have the demo and it just just as satisfying I'd say yes there's a game um, I think it was called Mafia or something like that which was basically Grand Theft Auto but obviously uh, Mafia style Mafia Um, Mafia 2 was out a few years back yeah I think that's what it was Mafia 2 2. I quite enjoyed that though because they had they they didn't they do like a Godfather game as well yeah that sort of was a spin off from it and you just went around building up like Areas which you own. Yeah. Wasn't it like Sim Mafia, the Godfather game, or something like that? The Scarface game, PlayStation 2, was brilliant but buggy as all hell. Yeah. Oh, God, yes. Hi, this is Private Dick Simmons from the popular web series Red vs. Blue, and you're listening to The Geek Show. Sarge approved. Uh, we're talking TV now. Yeah. Right. We're not going to talk about SG-1 or Star Trek oh. or 
uh, any of that because we know they deal with exploration. It is everything. Space, the final frontier. You just These are the voyages of the starship, you know, geeked prize. You just spoil everything I had lined up to say. Yeah, I know. You spoil everything now. The world doesn't exist properly. <laughs> You're a horrible human being. You didn't let me finish. It's all right. I'll let, go on, go on. There was going to be a yet on the end of that. Yeah. We're not going to talk about them yet. Okay. Oh, because it's back. too easy. <laughs> yeah, too easy. Because it's too easy. Okay, first up then. Of all of the TV characters, uh, of all of of all the characters you've seen on TV, who would you love to go kind of traveling or exploring with? Who would you love to have like as a traveling companion? Well, I want to hear what you say first. <laughs> Test the waters. Eh? Test the waters. No, I mean for 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 whatever reason. Who would you love to go exploring with? We're waiting for you first. On Jorgen. <laughs> what? You go first. I pose the question. Oh. <laughs> That's not allowed. Of course it's allowed. That's the way of the world. <laughs> oh. Oh. Shut up. <laughs> I'd go to Jerusalem with uh, Mr. Bean. Hang on, Jerusalem. With Mr. Bean. With Mr. Bean. Yeah. That Are you could, sure that's a good idea? That's got the potential to be absolutely flipping hilarious. Either that or it's got the potential to start Armageddon. Yeah, but... <laughs> <sighs> See, if you'd said Jericho, I'd say, hasn't Jericho had enough? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Smash them back walls in. Uh, that's a euphemism, isn't it? <laughs> but those walls did come crumbling down. Yes, Tumbling down. Yep. Yep. Well. <laughs> There's my contribution. Mr. Bean in Jerusalem. Mr. Bean in Jerusalem. Do you... Uh, I see lots of... Sorry. Uh, I see lots of issues with that idea. Okay. Well. Can't actually do it with Mr. Bean. He's terrible. <laughs> it can't um, be much worse than going on holiday with my very politically incorrect uh, grandparents. It's Do tell. This sounds like stories we <laughs> want to hear now, Rob. <laughs> he's brought in the grandparents, he's bringing in the big guns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my grandmother looks like Yoda. Now that, now that is bringing out the big guns. Do, carry on, oh, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> you started, so you'll yeah. finish. <laughs> okay, well, e- e- Egypt with my, uh, my my grandmother, who is Egyptian, uh, but my granddad, who is Irish. And as you can imagine, most Egyptians didn't understand a flipping clue what he had to say. And uh, he was always dancing around in a, uh, what was it? His underpants? Uh, no, a fez. Oh, right. I was going to say. <laughs> I was getting worried about where that was going. He was always dancing around <laughs> in a fez. And, and he, was, he, he was like, oh. Isn't like that, a fez Turkish of, or something like that? Yeah, but it made no sense. He, look, he looks like, uh, I don't know. Tommy Cooper. That's the one. Just like that. And that's what he kept on quoting, just like that. And and there was a guy, um, oh what was it, the 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 barman, and, and he started doing waltz dancing with him, and that wasn't very politically incorrect. But seeing a guy that was pretty much wearing a a, a dress, mm. uh, dancing with a, a an Irish guy in a fez was pretty, pretty something. <laughs> <laughs> it's a story to tell yeah. the grandchildren, isn't it? Yeah. You know, when you're great-great-granddad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's why you're weird. 
that's why he's Irish. Now I'm saying this is what you tell your grand yeah. grandkids. Yeah. Your great great granddad used to dance around with guys dressed as women while wearing a fez, and that's why you're getting bullied at school. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Uh, do you know? I, because we are the geek show, obviously there are loads of people out there who are expecting us to say the doctor. We want to go travelling with the doctor. We no, want to go. Of course, you don't want to go travelling with the doctor. No, stuff happens when he's there. Exactly. You don't, want, you don't want that. You don't want all reality to crumble down just because he's got a bow tie on or, and or whatever he's wearing. Or uh, just because he's got a bow tie on or because he's, you know, he's got an itchy bottom. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> seriously. <laughs> it's like the doctors, uh, uh, they've actually done it like that. The doctors, every move, you know, causes ripples in reality. And so I actually had to ask the question, well, what happens if his, if his bottom itches? Does that like cause, <laughs> <laughs> you know, if he's standing in the TARDIS and goes scratch, 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 what happens then? Last night's Vindaloo. <laughs> you know? Is this the level we're at right now? Yeah. Okay. We're talking about exploration and obviously we're going to have to Doctor talk Doctor Who's bowel movements cause ripples in reality. <laughs> <laughs> that's basically yeah, what, we're that's what we're talking about now. <laughs> no, he was talking about if his, if his bottom was itchy. I didn't say anything about bowel movements. It may as well have. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of all the people, of all the fictional characters, uh, God, I wouldn't like to go with Mr. Bean. I also wouldn't like to go with Scooby-Doo. Shuggy? No, I just wouldn't like to go with him. He'd, he'd insist on bringing Scrappy-Doo along, and Scrappy-Doo annoys the, annoys the out of me. Nice. Yes. Um... I don't know. I honestly don't know which fictional character. So we're including animation in this as well. We can include animation in this. Yeah. It's fictional TV characters and they've been on TV. Because that sort of blows the water gates open for choices there, doesn't it? It makes it much more difficult. Yes. If it's animated. They're not real. But it's fictional. I can take a piece of paper with me. That's <laughs> fine for him. <laughs> uh... T- God, this is really tough. If you go with, uh, if you include an animated in there, I know is, who is, I'd go is, with. Is, it's got to be Katsura from Gintama. That'd be the best, 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 best day. Yes, ever. <laughs> you you would be having a whale of a time. Wouldn't matter where you ended up. No, no, one because Katsura's just you, greatest, him, and Elizabeth, the greatest <laughs> animated anime character ever for me. Yes, he's hilarious. He's amazing. I would have to say MacGyver because then I would never be stuck anywhere. Oh, the A-team. I'd love to go travelling with the A-team. Uh, the A-team have been tainted. The tainted goods now. Because of the movie. I mean the original A-team, where they could have like spare parts and tools in a, in, a bar, in, a, in a dilapidated barn in the middle of nowhere. They just happened to have an arc welder. <laughs> well, to sort of add to my answer, I'd like to go, some, I'd like to, go to Erie, Indiana. That's the oh, yes. Joe Dante show from the 90s, which is fantastic. It was brilliant, that show. With Katsura. <laughs> so we have basically an anime man-child, samurai. An anime samurai who's a bit of a man child and an idiot who does weird raps with a giant uh, man in a bird outfit. Yes. <laughs> in a town where weird stuff happens pretty much on a daily basis. Yes. That would be amazing. I'd live there if that happened. <laughs> I want to see that episode. <laughs> yes. Joe Dante fronted, so it's automatically yeah. awesome. But yeah, I want to see that episode. I'd love that. I, I, I would play that episode every day and enjoy it. 
That would be that would be the best episode of t- ever yeah. made on TV. Seriously, all listeners, if you haven't heard of Erie, Indiana, you know, buy the DVD, support it. Amazing show, amazing show. Yes. Um, who did I say? I don't know. I didn't say anyone. You yet, didn't did give I? an answer, I don't think. You're just dodging the question like a that, no. I did say. Uh, I did say. I said either MacGyver or the A Team. Oh yeah. Because I would never be stuck anywhere. What about uh, animated choices for the two of you? Because you're both stuck with. Real people, like actors playing characters rather than, you know, a potential animated you person. Obvi- you know what my qu- answer is going to be. What then? Go on. Surprise me. Luffy. Why? He's the worst <laughs> travelling companion. The guy is six years old. He, he's amazed by everything and he gets in so much trouble. I love the guy. He's amazing. But as a travelling companion, he's got to be the worst. He eats all your food. He gets in trouble with everybody. He starts fights. Yes, I know. And you probably get, get you killed by some... Roman mafia. Thing is, you've got to say. Uh, the thing is, uh, when you get right down to it, aside, uh, it if you say, if you say, uh, you know, Luffy is really when you talk about the Star- Straw Hat crew. We're not in the animation section yet, folks. We'll be there in a in a, in a minute. <laughs> when you talk about the Straw Hat crew, um, Luffy really is the safest choice. Well, the way they use that, the family, it's a family system. Like Luffy is the child. Yeah. Uh, Brooke is the grandfather. Frankie's the dad. Yeah. Uh, Zoro's the tough older brother. Nami is the mother. Yeah. Uh, Robin is the... Uh, she's either the aunt or the older sister. Yeah. Gets a bit messy, but yeah. Yeah, it gets a bit weird after that. Yeah, so you then basically you're... want to go on holiday with the weird little kid who finds everything no, fascinating. No, that's Chopper. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think... It's it's a reindeer <laughs> with a hat on. That's basically what you want to go on holiday with now. If you say no, no, if you said Chopper, yeah, that's why I didn't say Chopper. That's why I said Luffy because he's really the only safe choice. You can't say Sanji, right? If you can say Sanji, it's got to be somewhere really lewd because he'd, he'd be exactly. Hilarious. You can't say Zoro because you would never get anywhere. We're kindred spirits. I don't have a sense of direction <laughs> exactly. either. You can't say Usopp because you would never actually go anywhere. It'd be very funny, though. You just make lots of lies up. Yeah. And in great you ways. can't say Brooke because then you'd be in trouble with half the women in the world. If you don't know, he has to say panties. It's basically his bit. His bit, yeah. You can't say Frankie because Frankie just wants to, you know, just wants to cyberize himself. He's never happier than when he's actually, you know, messing around with his own body. As, you know, euphemistic as that sounds. <laughs> you can't say Nami because all the half the otaku in the world would want to kill you. You he's can't say Robin. As well. Yeah, you can't say Robin because the other half of the otaku in the world would want to kill you. So Luffy really is the only safe option. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. It would be quite fun. Yeah. And it would be fun because he does like to explore. He does. He does. I don't know where exactly I'd explore with these guys, but it'd be uh, Ty Kamiya and War Greymon. Who were them? From Digimon. Digimon? Yeah. What? Digimon. You don't know what Digimon is? Digimon uh, it's came... kind of after I was a kid, that. Digimon came out before Pokemon. Yeah. Did it? Um, yeah. Yeah, Digimon came out long before Pokemon. And they made the translation over here. It didn't. It it, it did. It was on Fox Kids. It it did, but it came out. It came out after Pokemon came out here. Yeah, which is why a lot of people thought that Digimon came out after Pokemon, and it didn't. Digimon was like literally one of my favorite like 
programs growing up. That and recess. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've got my eye. I, I really want. I need to find the real world Katsura and go on holiday with him. <laughs> real world Katsura. Yeah. I've I've got the idea in my head now, and I have to make it happen. It's it's too genius. <laughs> okay. I'm curious about this. Who would be your real world Katsura then? Oh, no, I don't know. I've just got to find him. <laughs> I've got to find him. This is what the internet's for, finding the real world of equivalent of these people. So are Not you just some guy in cosplay. So I have to ask, are you, go- are you like going to put an advert out for him or something like that? Yeah, I'll have to... I'll have to <laughs> Wanted I'll have real to, world Katsura. i have to explain some of the backstory, so it's not really going to be much of an advert, but I'll get him, I'll find him. He won't stay elusive for that long. Best holiday ever, though. Best holiday. Okay. Um, it's confused me, that one. Yeah. Real world Katsura. That's, like... That that would be like us trying to find oh. a real world Kentucky. Oh, I could use it worked in weird science. I could do the sort oh of god no 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 <laughs> no yeah. no no not that anything but that. It's a terrible movie. It's beloved, but it's terrible. It, it is beloved, but terrible. Uh, Kelly LeBrock. How many? How many people who grew up with Kelly, uh, watching movies, weird yeah. science? We're suddenly going, Kelly LeBrock. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Seriously, yeah. yeah there were there were there were millions teenage boys all over the world when Weird Sides came out were plugging like Barbie dolls into into electric sockets and getting a shock from them <laughs> while setting their house on fire with burnt <laughs> plastic. That sounds not like something the, to do, kids. It, it sounds <laughs> like the voice of experience. Yeah, say. it definitely does. No, there was stories about it on the news. No, I'm pretty sure you did it. <laughs> no, nope. that's why you've got a beard now, because you bear the horrible, horrible scars of trying to recreate your own Kelly the Bear. I'll have you. I, I, I'll have you know, my fa- my skin is as smooth as a baby's bottom, which is more than I can say for my bottom. Um. <laughs> okay. Speaking of which, I think it's, it's about time we sort of break up these. Yeah, the butcher's yes. on the other side. <laughs> the butcher is on the other side. Not this side, the other side, <laughs> where Israel's sitting. Uh. <laughs> Hello, I'm Professor Elemental, and whenever I'm not riding a badger around my grounds or hitting my monkey butler with a stick, I'm listening to the Geek Show, and my God, I love it. Oh, I was on about the car too. <laughs> we are, we are so, oh. oh, dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> Two hours sleep is catching up. No, 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 no. Tarzan, I forgot about it. I forgot. See, this is the thing. I forgot Disney actually made Tarzan. All right. You know, that that wasn't your fault. That was me forgetting that Disney actually made Tarzan. All right. Um, But, yeah, for, like, Jane and uh, her dad, there was that kind of, oh, yes, we're going to be explorers and stuff like that in Darkest Africa. Why'd they call it Darkest Africa? That's kind of racist, isn't it? Um... (laughs) Somebody must turn the lights out. <laughs> it happens. Smile for the camera. We've all we've all had walking up the stairs in the darkest dark. I don't know what I'm talking about. Please, somebody say something. <laughs> uh, I have no idea. Uh, anyway, I could only think of like a few. Um, there's the Phillies Fog cartoon. 
There's uh, Mysterious Cities of Gold, again, from when I was a kid, mm-hmm. that, ta- that dealt with the Spanish conquistadors in South America. It, was, it had the golden condor and it had, like, the, uh, you know, the cities of gold. And it was really good because it had, like, Aztecs and Mayans and stuff like that and technology that the world had never seen before. Very good cartoon. Um, unfortunately, sadly, it, it, I mean, it is out on DVD box set, but the animation is dated by today's standards. So quite a lot of people will probably not want to watch it. When's it from? The uh, early 80s. All right. Sorry, the uh, mid-80s, sorry. Not the early 80s, mid-80s. Uh, You're kind of pinning yourself to uh, like TV serialized versions of animated people there. Because if you sort of widen your gears out a bit and include movies, there's far more uh, explorers in animation. There are. I was coming to that. Because well, I uh, beat you at it. Yes, you did. You beat, you, you, you beat me to it. I was just going to mention one more before I mentioned the ones that had literally popped in my head while I was talking about, uh, talking about Tarzan. <clears throat> uh, the other one was Heroic Age, which it, it played on the whole idea of space exploration, you know, using pathways and stuff like that, and had people going off uh, looking for things that weren't, on the, weren't, weren't actually on, on these, you know, the paths between worlds. Yeah. You know, they were going off to the darkness of space where there were no paths and finding their own way. That, you know, it was huge on that part. That plays a major part of the story. Yeah. You know, it plays a major part in the story. Um, and I like that. I like the idea that they, you know, they were, weren't using the normal, normal routes through space. They were going off on their own. But again, that wasn't actually the main point of the story. You know, it was a major part of it, but it wasn't the main point. But... What about things like uh, Spirited Away or Princess Mononoke? Well, once uh, uh, Spirited Away is an adventure, it's just sort of adventure in the sense that no. it's gone somewhere new, but it's yeah. all maintained in this one build, a complex of yeah. places, except when it goes off at the end. What about uh, Princess Mononoke, though? Ashitaka, uh, the character of Ashitaka, grows up in that village and its surroundings. He has to leave everything he well, knows. A- again, if it's just the inverse of uh, Spirited Away. He starts off at some place, we don't really see that place, and then mm. he goes somewhere else and most of the film happens there. He's all contained in one one area. Okay, Nausicaa? Uh, it's been a long time since I've seen that. We go for parkour also, just because of the general spirit of adventure. Oh, of God, fly- yes. Of Good choice. Of flying about the Adriatic, I think it is. It's, yeah. It's, it's not tied to one place. It's no, just very I... adventurous in the classic sense. And it's, but then it's you're probably one of the most Lu- underrated. Then you're going to have to say Lupin as well, then, if you're going down that route. Not really. Uh, well, Lupin yeah, did have that sense. It, that never sense sits, of... it never sits still, but yeah. I, I will always go. Most Lupin has that wanderlust. I love Lupin. Everybody hates it. I will no, stand no, no, up no. for that. Lupin's brilliant. I will stand up oh, like, all day long. Brilliant for that movie. crossover, right? They had a brilliant crossover uh, of Lupin versus Detective Conan. Okay, it was fantastic. Two of the biggest icons in uh, anime and manga. Yeah, they did a crossover movie of uh, one versus the other. Nice. As the coolest sniper in animation history. Oh God, yes, Lupin Daisuke. I think he's yeah. called Daisuke or something. Huge beard. Can't yes. see his eyes. Got a cool hat on. Yeah, it makes smoking almost look cool. But and then I can't b- see and that. then uh, the samurai who, you know, is he blind? Isn't he blind? Is, does he just go around with his eyes closed all the time? <laughs> yeah, it, it's fantastic. The film was much maligned, but I will stand up for Castle of Cagliostro. 
Yes. I love that film. I I agree. It's a well, it's a rarity. Which you're actually you've just made me think the most uh, the possibly the one Ghibli film where exploration is a fundamental part of it is Laputa, Castle in the Sky. Why not say that for many? Because Laputa doesn't exist in one; uh, it doesn't stay in one place. Well, it's hidden in a complex of clouds. Yeah, clouds and storms, but it, that's always on the move because of the yeah. uh, the way the weather works, it's not a static thing. So you have to keep searching for it. You have to look for a particular cloud formation, stuff like that. But aren't we getting a bit too penned to the idea of it? It's a journey to go from one place to move to another, They're constantly moving from one place to the other, uh, rather than exploration, adventure, in a sense of we are going to this place. We don't know anything about it, so everything that's been shown on screen is something new, something fresh. Well, that's and what I mean. It's Laputa, something properly in. Well, like, that's what uh, I mean. Laputa actually fulfills both those criteria, because. You know, nobody knew anything about Laputa at that point. I mean, uh, you know, uh, Shita and Pazu don't know anything about it. Neither do the pirates who are, who they're with. They don't know anything about it. The only person who knows anything about Laputa at that point is that uh, that guy who works for the the enemy military. Yeah. He's the mm. only one. You know, the, the actual, you know, the kids don't actually know anything about what Laputa is or what it does, you know, about or about its power. So everything to them is shiny and new, especially the robots. Yeah. So places. Yeah. I well, what are we going for places we'd like to visit, or films, or movies, TV shows that sort of. I think a little bit of both. <sighs> TV shows, you kind of like address that full on. We can't really talk about One Piece because it's I, basically a whole adventure. I, I'd love to hang out at Yorazia for a day. <laughs> I don't think I could handle more than a day, or maybe half a day. Hanging out with uh, Gintoki and Kagura. <laughs> well, I don't know how that applies into this. You said, where would you like to go? Oh, okay. <laughs> we're playing like that, are we? Oh, dear. Well, where would we like to go? I don't know. It's so complicated. There's so many yeah. vast and imaginative lands in animation. But for films, I will, I'll stick with parkour also, just because I feel it needs it needs standing up for a little bit. It's, oh, God, yes. It's it's probably Miyazaki's most underrated film and one of his best, if I go, as far as that. There's so many people who didn't like Boko Rosso because the lead character looks like a pig. Well, he is a pig. No, he looks like a pig. It's not that he actually is. He well, looks he, like, he is. He, like, aesthetically, like, looking at him, he is a pig. Yes. Yeah. But uh, it's such a brilliant movie. And the dub version is just as good as the Japanese. Well, they do good dubs. Well, I don't know whether they do now, because I think they had the Jonas Brothers on Ponyo, which is pretty big on the sin list. But uh, before that, they had like, Michael Keaton, I think, in Paco Rosso. Yes. And they got Christian Bale in Howl, so... This is good stuff they're going on. Oh, God, yes. So, uh, yeah, I'll stand up for Paco Rosso. And I know I shouldn't really mention it, but just one piece, just for the general... Spirit of the High Seas. Oh, God, yeah. Which, no, no, nothing else on anime really captures. It's all sort of tied to one land. And they sort of explore the weird and out there through techniques and mm. stuff like that. All right, Israel, any cartoons that you would like to recommend or um, explore or go visit? Well, from watching the uh, brief bit of Heroic Age that you were showing us earlier, um, that definitely seems like some that, <laughs> yeah. Just the whole synopsis. Yeah. Something like that would be ideal. 
for me, um, that's a tough one. Uh, it really is a tough one because there's so many that I'd like to visit just so I could say, why? Why are you here in the first place? You know, something like Chrome Shell Regis, I'd love to visit that. Just to, I, uh, This it. is going to be bitter old man time. Chrome Shell Regis, I'd just like to visit because post-apocalyptic world, the end of the world has already happened. Everyone lives in domed cities that move around because there's giant creatures that live in the ground that will eat you if you're in one place. And what do I find there? Another bleeding high school. <laughs> I'd like to visit Naruto <laughs> for the same reason. Just click that little... <laughs> Kick him in the plums. Say, grow a pair, will you? Well, I've broken, but I'd love to. Be, I'd love to love to visit Bleach and just walk up to Ichigo and say, "Domestos is better." Oh, you just, I don't think you'd appreciate the pun, frankly. I think he'd be too. Either that, I'll give him. Uh, uh, I'll give him a radish and say, "Let's see how good you are." I think, he'd be, I think you know he, the yeah. you know the uh, turning the radish. I think he's too invested in his own sort of melancholy to sort of. He he's, a, he's the biggest victim in the world. We are big chunk that. of radish. Say, go on, I challenge you. Get your kitchen knife out. Go on, do it because that's what it is. Is Zampacto is just a giant kitchen knife. Doesn't have a hilt, so yeah, it's just a big knife, sharp knife. Yes, but a big sharp. knife. Uh, right, we're going to take a break there. Uh, after this break, we will be playing you the interview with the 99th Garrison. Hey, everybody, this is Billy West from Futurama. Hi, how you doing? I hope you're doing lousy, because I'm doing lousy. And I don't want anybody to be happy if I'm not happy. Now get me a sandwich with maggots on it. <laughs> Hi, this is Zeb Brannigan. You're listening to The Geek Show on 104.5 CVFM. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this is the Geek Show interview with Nigel Dukes of the 99th Garrison. Hello, lovely to meet you. Hi there, how are, the, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. Uh, you and many other people are here with looking very... This is the first interview I've done with an, like an Inquisitor behind me, so I'm a little bit nervous. <laughs> he, he's actually a Sith Lord, so... Oh, <laughs> that's even worse! <laughs> oh, fantastic. So, uh, um, clearly there's a lot of co- costuming involved. What does the 99th Garrison do and where do you guys go? Uh, we, we're actually um, we're based in the northeast, the Midlands, Merseyside, pretty much all over the country. We've got bits, you know, people here and there. Uh, we basically collect, well, we basically help charities raise funds for, for, whatever, for whatever they want to do. And we've got our own, well, our nominated charity is Dream Flight, which sends which sends terminally ill and disabled children to Florida uh, on a holiday every October. Um, basically, they go from Heathrow, the the the, the given a jumbo jet to take them all out on, and it's just it's such an honour just to see that you've done something that's helped people less fortunate than yourself. Fantastic! That sounds lovely. So you just go to charity events and. How many are you? How many of you are there? Um, in the northeast, there's about 25 to 30. Uh, all over the country, it's coming on for about 200 now. Wow. Jeez. So you just find whichever members are nearest to the event and then go get everyone there? Do you each have like costumes of your own or do you have like a pool that you bring with you? We, we all have costumes of our own. Uh, I, I don't know if you've seen the Stormtrooper outfit. That basically has to be trimmed and fitted to, to, to your body shape and type. Um, I couldn't do a stormtrooper because I'd look like Peter Griffin from Family Guy. Seriously, I would. Um, but myself, I've got about seven different costumes. Wow. 
Um, it, it gets to be a bit of an addiction after a while. Nice. And do your members make these costumes yourself? Do they cosplay? Would you say it cosplay or costume? I mean, it's more costume. Um, we we source our 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 own costumes from various sources. Uh, eBay is normally a good place, but once you find a good costume supplier, we normally stick with them. We've got people who make our, who make their own props uh, and costumes and, and stuff like that. So it's. Um, it's pretty much once once you find a, a good maker, we stick with them, and then you know obviously obviously the qualities there will um, we'll, we'll stick with that one maker and recommend that person to new members coming in, uh, and it also saves them a lot of time and hassle because we've made the mistakes that, that that we can say look don't don't use them but use them you know. Fantastic. Uh, how long can you wear a full body costume before needing to like aerate a little? Uh, normally, we're, we're either outside or in a shopping centre, so we can normally go for about two, three hours. But if it's somewhere in this sort of environment, it's like an hour. Then we have to take our helmets off. And we have to do that behind the scenes because basically it shatters the illusion. Then, you know, but it, it it's just something that you you don't think you you would like. But if you've got a love for a film, I mean, obviously we know costumers uh, from from various films and franchises. You know, we all get along. We all know each other. We all say hello. How do you do at conventions and stuff like that? But it's been really uh, the Star Wars explosions happened again with the J.J. Abrams announcement and Disney. I mean, everybody seems to be really back into Star Wars, which can only be a good thing. Definitely, and now uh, Harrison Ford's confirmed that he's got to come back as Han Solo as well. It's just, yeah, yeah, it was a recent confirmation. I think it, I read the news article like yesterday. So, yeah, people are definitely re-exploding into Star Wars and Star Trek, I suppose. Also, J.J. Abrams now. Slowly going to own everything. This is a worry. Uh, what would you say to someone who's new to going to conventions but really wants to get into like costuming and making good-looking things? Um, well, I can only speak from my own experience. Um, I was basically an autograph hunter, and I, I saw the costumes and I thought, wow, they're really cool, how would I do that? Basically, if you want to get help and you're in the northeast or anywhere anywhere in the country, it's all the W's, 99th Garrison, all one word, .co.uk. You can find us on Facebook, 99th Garrison, all one word. Um, just do a search for those. Get on the forum, register on the forum, because as soon as you register on the forum... You become a member and then you're eligible to come and crew at events, which which is really important because obviously with limited visibility, you need someone to take you around and 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 do things and even help you dress sometimes. It's a good way of seeing the costumes up close without actually having to buy one. So you can ask the questions, you know, how does that work? Would that work for me? And you know, and we can guide them through that way. And so if anyone was interested in joining the garrison as well, that would be the same way to do it. Yeah, Just, okay, cool. And obviously come over, say hi in person, say, I'm, I'm not weird, here I am, but not being weird. Can I help you guys out? <laughs> and would that be also how people can get involved with that charity as well? Does the charity have its own website? Uh, the, the charity aspect sort of comes with the club. I mean, we've got events um, in Middlesbrough next month for the Multiple Sclerosis Society. We're, we're doing like a tour of various shopping centres in the North East for three months for the Multiple Sclerosis Society which is nice because I mean when you get an email from a new person who's seen you elsewhere it's really nice that you think we've actually made a difference to somebody and and, and they've 
they've actually sought us out you know to help their charity they, they think we can help which is really nice you know it gives you a nice warm glow so if you're interested in costume more of a charity to promo do check out the 99th garrison uh, I think I see you guys every London Expo I go to. Is London Expo a thing that you guys do regularly? We haven't done the Expo. It, that, oh, it's different that, that would be the uh, uh, that would be the UKG, the 501st. Ah, there's, there's multiple garrisons all across the. <laughs> okay, this is a little bit insane now. Well, it's, I mean, I mean, I'm a member of multiple garrisons. It just gives you a bit of choice. You know, it's, it's an event here. I think, oh, fancy going that one? You do that one. I want to stay more local. There's more local ones, so... Fantastic. In short, then, have fun, be awesome, and help charity. Thank you so much for talking to us. Hi, and welcome back to 104.5 CVFM. That was our interview at Animex with the 99th Garrison. Yep, and that was Nigel that heads it up. Uh, yep. Yes. Uh, lovely fella. Lovely, lovely, lovely fella. Right. Um, we are, unfortunately, at the end of the show. Uh, Israel's going to go off and explore his way home. And Rob and I are going to explore the bus station before I get a taxi home. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, making that sound very, very, very creepy. Yeah, I know. I hope <laughs> it doesn't end up bad for me. No, it doesn't. Uh, <laughs> a few announcements. Oh uh, I don't know what we're doing next week. We're into no man's land here. Mm. We will explore what to do next Is, week. Isn't next week sunny con? Oh yeah, next week. Next week there will there won't actually be a show um, because we won't have the energy. Yeah, yeah, we will not have the energy. Um, will we, Rob? Well, I'll be shooting my short film. You'll be shooting your the short bit, film. We all have commitments next week. Yeah. But for those of you who are going to be at SunnyCon next week, we will see you at SunnyCon next week. Yeah, next weekend, um, Saturday and Sunday, we'll be there. We'll be filming there. Uh, getting video interviews and lots of other things. So, you know, I'll be there or I'll be a rectangular thingy. Um, so, yeah, Sonny Con is coming. Yep. Vic Mignona is going to be there and various other people whose names escape me for now. Yeah. Tucky will be there. Tucky, yes. We love Tucky. <laughs> right. Uh, if you want to talk to us or if you have any suggestions, if you have any music requests or anything like that, then get in touch with us uh, at uh, studio at thegeekshow.co.uk or alternatively use our Facebook page, uh, Google Plus, uh, tweet us uh, at TGS underscore the Geek Show or use the hashtag the Geek Show thingy. Uh, what do they call it? It says hashtag the Geek Show, but what is it actually? Is it like a Twitter? It's a shortcut, so if you click on that, it'll have all the people with that message. It's right, just shorthand. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, we also have lots of videos on. Uh, YouTube now, lots of interviews, thanks to Harry. It is all linked up to the website, though, yes, at thegeekshow.co.uk. So for all your geeky needs, and if you want, because if you notice, I don't do reviews on the show anymore, so if you do want reviews for us, have a look on that website. That's yes. thegeekshow.co.uk. We will be having a gaming review, though. Um, we do have an exclusive, uh, uh, a copy of uh, Gears of War Judgment that we'll be uh, playing uh, and reviewing yeah, too right. in we time will. for the next show. Unfortunately, because we have SonyCon next week, we won't be reviewing it for next week. Yeah. But we will have the review of it uh, when we come back the week after. So, cool. yes, this has been The Geek Show. I've been Rob. I've been Israel. And I've been Rob as well, but not the same Rob as him. We'll see you, on the, we'll see you all, not next week, unless you're at SonyCon, the week after. Bye. Just say bye. <laughs> Ciao. <laughs> 
For over 28 years, Aflac has been a champion, donating over $168 million to fight pediatric cancer and blood disorders, including sickle cell disease. This December, Aflac proudly joins 97.1 Wash FM and Children's National Hospital for the annual Wash for Kids Radiothon. Mark your calendars for December 14th and 15th for a heartwarming 14-hour live broadcast where you can join Aflac in their efforts to support the miracle work happening at Children's National. Save the date, tune in, and be a part of something extraordinary with Aflac.